Hey guys, today we have a special edition of My Evangel Online and we remain a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love and look more and more like him each day. But today we've invited some good friends of ours, pastors Joseph and Hannah Dutko. They are the co-lead pastors of Oceanside Community Church in Parksville, BC. Uh, Joseph just finished his doctorate in this kind of kind of area and so we wanted to bring both of them in to speak to Ephesians 5 21 and following and uh, I hope you're ready to put your thinking hats on hope you're ready for some fresh perspective on these passages and without further ado here's our good friends pastors Joseph and Hannah Hello, uh, Powell River. We are so excited to be with you this morning. Greetings from Vancouver Island and the city of Parksville. Uh, we are just so privileged to be able to speak with you this morning. Uh, I'm Joseph. I'm Hannah. And uh, we are the lead pastors here at Oceanside Community Church. Uh, first, we just want to say uh, we love your pastors. We love Lisa and Lucas. They are amazing leaders. They're great friends of ours. Uh, they're a source of encouragement. We really look up to them. And uh, you are so blessed to have them as leaders. And um, so we thank them for allowing us the privilege of coming and speaking with you this morning. So we're just going to uh, dive right in and get right to it this morning. So if you have your Bibles with you, why don't you open them to Ephesians chapter 5. This topic is wide-ranging, but we're going to cover it based in this biblical passage. So let's start right there in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through 33. Verse 21 doesn't come out of nowhere. It follows previous thoughts, and it's connected in the Greek text grammatically to the exhortation in verse 18, which is, be filled with the Spirit. Paul then gives several examples of the evidence or outworking or the ways of being filled with God's Spirit, speaking or singing, making music, giving thanks, and then submitting to one another. So because this is quite literally a spiritual matter, meaning dependent on the Spirit's help and infilling, let's start by praying for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so, Lord, uh, we are just so dependent on your Holy Spirit to live the way you want us to live, to love the way you want us to love. And, Lord, without you, we know that we will always turn inward on ourselves, that we will take the way of the flesh, rather than the call to lay down our lives for each other. And so uh, we need your help to open our hearts, open our ears to hear, as well as to heed what you would want to say to us through these texts. And so we thank you for your word, uh, which brings life and which is life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So as you see in our title, we're mostly focusing on two main words that appear in this passage, submit and head, because we know that's where people have the most questions. But our hope is that we can explain these two terms well enough that the other main word in the passage, which is love, will in fact become the central idea for you. Even though this text is about the, the marriage relationship, 
It certainly applies to and has meaning for all of us, how we treat one another in the church, in the community, the way that we view God's kingdom, and how we live in it as brothers and sisters. Let's tackle submission first because it appears first. So verse 21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And following verse 22 says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. So right away, there's something important to notice here, and that is that verse 21 is the main thesis statement, the heading of this passage, and everything else is meant to be an explanation or fleshing out of this. And what do you notice about verse 21? We are all called to submit to one another. Every Christian is called to submit. Yeah, so you might be wondering, well, why have I never heard that before? Why have I never realized uh, that the way it's laid out? Or why have I not been uh, taught that? And, you know, one reason is that, unfortunately, uh, due to male bias in Bible headings and, and layouts, which are not original in any way to the text, uh, historically and until more recently, there was a heading break between verses 21 and verse 22 in almost every Bible translation. And so you see a picture uh, here of how that was often represented in the biblical text, making it look like uh, it kind of starts in its own section. But what this did is it disconnected the specific teaching in verse 22 that wives submit to husbands from the more general admonishment in verse 21, as if, you know, verse 22 could stand on its own, which it can't. And so what would happen, for example, is, you know, messages would get preached starting in verse 22. And here's why we can say with confidence that verse 22 cannot stand on its own or be interpreted on its own. And that's this, that the word submit doesn't even occur in verse 22. You might be like, what? I've never heard that before. But yeah, that's a huge detail here that maybe you've somehow never heard. The fact that the word submit in the Greek text doesn't even occur in verse 22, but is only implied by verse 21, makes you wonder how, you know, Bible's ever decided to divide uh, the section between verse 21 and 22 with the heading. But the reality is, uh, just to, you know, face our history uh, with truth is that men often made all those decisions for centuries and, you know, at best weren't being sensitive to how it would appear and at worst perhaps were serving their own agenda. But almost all Bibles today do put the section heading before verse 21 because that's what's grammatically warranted and uh, you should be cautious with a translation, a modern one that doesn't. Uh, the command in verse 22, it's, it's not an isolated teaching, and it's certainly not a statement that can stand on its own in a vacuum. You know, verse 22 uh, must, you know, submit, if you will, to verse 21. And so, you know, we can almost say the most important submission going on in Ephesians 5 is verse 22 to verse 21. And this is significant because it proves the point that verse 22 is not a command only to be applied specifically to women. It is simply one of several examples, including for men, of the more specific command in verse 21 to submit to one another. So in other words, you know, Paul didn't sit down inspired by the Spirit and say, 
you know, I want to talk about wives submitting to their husbands. That's a really core Christian teaching, and, and people need reminded of it. No, he, he, his spirit-led desire is to talk about mutual submission and love. And then, like any good writer, he includes some examples of how this might work or what it might look like in the church and in the marriage relationship. Yeah, and the intimate day-to-day relationship of marriage is actually a great place to learn how to live this out. So a good way to think through this is to think of verse 21 as the thesis statement, as we've mentioned already. So the thesis being submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Point one, that's verses 22 to 24 if you're following along, would be here's how wives can submit to husbands. Point two, here's how husbands can submit to wives. That's verses 25 through 32. Then you'll notice at the end, there's a restatement of of the thesis of mutual submission in verse 33. And this is a literary device quite common in the Bible. It's called an inclusio, where the beginning and the end are the same, and you're meant to interpret what's in the middle in light of the bookends there. So when Paul talks about mutual submission at the beginning and rephrases it, we need to look at it in light of those two bookends. So, for example, the New Living Translation, which some of the text as well, but that's not the point of the kingdom. The point is not role reversal for women to be elevated above men and to push men down. That's not it at all. The point is that we are supposed to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus. And in community and in marriage, that looks like mutual submission and respect. So let's read verse 33, which we've mentioned a few times, but I don't think we've read yet. Each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. It's very possible even, as some have argued, that this should actually be translated, each husband among you must love his own wife as himself, so that the wife may respect her husband. So in other words, uh, respect of a wife for her husband cannot be demanded as some biblical command. Rather, it can only be earned through the man's self-giving, sacrificial love. So we made it to the end of the text. Exhale. Take a deep breath. Congratulations. <laughs> um, so that was a lot, of, a lot to take in. Probably new for, for a lot of you. Um, maybe not for some. And maybe some have never even thought about it, never even asked the question. Uh, but let's kind of review our key takeaways from what we've said. Uh, So five, I think, key takeaways to summarize. Number one, the Bible calls both men and women, wives and husbands, to submit to love and respect each other. Scripturally, this is actually a far more prominent teaching than any kind of distinct marital roles or positional authority. And this mutual submission is actually evidence of what it means to be filled with the Spirit, or even a means to being filled with the Spirit. So if you want to be more filled with the Spirit and Spirit-led, consider entering more into this mutual submission to your brothers and sisters in Christ and to your spouse if you have one. Third takeaway is that uh, the word head, or kafale, the most likely meaning of that word is life-giving source or origin. So think more headwaters uh, than head honcho. And if Paul had wanted to clearly communicate hierarchical authority, he would have chosen a word other than kephale. And then lastly, uh, we'll get into this a little bit in the, the supplement video, but uh, the trajectory of the Bible is always towards greater equality 
between the sexes rather than more strict hierarchy or positions of authority. So we fully understand that this explanation of Ephesians 5 doesn't cover everything, and you don't fully understand this topic, and that's fine. But hopefully we've taken you a little further on this journey, and we are also creating a separate video that answers a few questions that are more based on application of what does this look like in real life. So you can look for that link eventually in the description for this video. Also, if you're interested, especially if you're more academic-minded. Look for Joseph's book, where he lays out a way of reading and interpreting these scriptural texts, or even maybe look at his blog on the book site, thegenderparadox.com. So we look forward to um, talking about some of those other questions with you in that video about, you know, what if my husband continually insists I submit, or what about some of these other scriptures? Uh, what does this mean for life in my family? But just a final word of advice for now is that we should work out our theology in the context of worship and with freedom. Meaning, you know, let's give ourselves a chance to just experiment with this. Uh, for experience is an important part of the interpretive process when it comes to understanding the Bible. So for example, you might find as you both uh, commit to mutually submit to each other in your marriage and don't view it through a hierarchical lens, that it begins to bring healing and wholeness and, and a different joy that you haven't had before. And your marriage begins to, to bear fruits like never before. And, and that might just be the evidence that what we've explained here today actually is God's desire and God's word. Or uh, speaking outside of marriage, you know, uh, put yourself under the you know, authority or teaching of women. And I'm talking to both men and women here and, and see what you might learn, right? Watch how the church benefits and begins to flourish when women are given equal voice in leadership and at the leadership level. Uh, you know, we've seen this in our, in our growing and, and fruitful church here in Parksville where I think uh, six of the eight years we've been here we've had a, a majority uh, female board uh, including now or, or council and uh, at one time actually it was even all uh, women here at the church you know but ask yourself right have have you been blessed by the pastoral ministry leadership of female pastors uh, in your own church from pastor lisa uh, here at our church from the the female pastors we have now as well as had previously you know, do you, were they acting unbiblically or ungodly by preaching the word to you or, or being in a position of authority as your pastor? So, you know, what might that say about how we view God's biblical vision of leadership in the church and in the home? So we encourage you to take some time to, to work out your theology of this in the context of worship and to make it a safe space to, to understand that, you know, it's okay if, you know, you don't fully uh, right now subscribe to everything we just said or you're like ah, I'm not fully there or you know I'm still not really sure about some things that that's okay we're all in different places on this and it needs to be a safe place in the church community to work these things out to be able to ask questions and to understand things so nobody's saying you have to leave here today you know thinking this exactly, right? Uh, there's, there's freedom to work through this. And of course, this is some of the fruit of decades of us thinking through some of these issues. Let me leave you with this benediction. Thank you so much again for the opportunity to share with you. And we pray that this word blesses you, but let me bless you in this way. 
Brothers and sisters, men and women, husbands and wives, called to mutual love and submission, may you be, according to Ephesians 5, filled with the Spirit, through encouraging each other with songs and words, making music in your heart to the Lord as you go about your days, giving thanks always to the Lord and for everything, and submitting to one another with mutual respect out of reverence for Christ, loving one another the way Jesus loves the church. You can do it with the Spirit's help. Amen. Goodbye, Powell River. Bye. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you.